Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on our church podcast. My name is Josh Gunner. I'm the pastor of The Gathering Springfield. I'm super excited about this first season as we look to see what the Bible has to say about the glorious return of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a fun time. If you would like to connect with us, know more about our church, you can email me at pastorjgunter at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-J-G-U-N-T-E-R at gmail.com. I'd love to connect, so shoot me an email and I'll be sure to respond. Let's not waste any more time and let's get into today's episode. It's Wednesday, which means a new episode of our podcast. I want to really encourage you to go back and listen to our previous episodes if you haven't been able to do that. Last week was the beginning of season one. We're going to be diving into eschatology. What we did in last week's episode, I explained what eschatology is and the importance of it and why we should value this message of the glorious return of Jesus Christ. And uh, being a part of the gospel, it's very important for us as Christians to talk about it. I'm not going to get back into last week, but I highly encourage you to go back and listen. This week, we're going to be continuing our conversation where we left off. The goal of today is to give an overview of the three different views of eschatology in the Christian church. And let me just say, this should not be a topic that separates the church, but it is a topic that we need to discuss. It's worthy of our study and for us to figure out what the Bible says. Today, we're not going to be necessarily opening a lot of scripture. Next week, we're going to start in the Gospels, and we're going to see what Jesus had to say about the last days and his return, what the world would look like. Then we're going to dive into what the Apostle said in the letters of the Apostles, and then we'll end in the book of Revelation. The New Testament is full of eschatology passages. And since the Bible talks about these things, it's something that we should definitely look at. Today, instead of going through the scriptures, I want to give kind of a big picture of the views held in the Christian church. Essentially, there are three different views, and we had mentioned this in last week's episode. Amillennialism, premillennialism, and postmillennialism. I can't stress this enough. All views agree that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is coming back. He is the King, He is the Lord, and He will rule and reign for all eternity. Where they differ is in their understanding of what the world is going to be like before He returns and the placement of His return in regards to the Millennial Kingdom. You may hear that and think, what in the world is the Millennial Kingdom? In Revelation chapter 20, we're going to read part of that in a little bit, but it speaks about a thousand-year reign of Christ. And depending on your understanding and interpretation of Revelation chapter 20 and that millennial reign, and where you place Christ's return in relation to that reign, will determine whether you are a premillennialist, amillennialist, or a postmillennialist. As we talk about these three different views, we really need to start in Revelation chapter 20 because that's what makes these different views unique from one another. We're talking about the millennial reign of Christ. I'm going to read a section of Revelation 20 and then discuss the different understandings of this passage. So Revelation chapter 20 verse 1 says this, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, 
that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. There's that millennial, that millennium, that thousand years. And threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. This thousand years is what we call the millennial reign of Christ. I'll go ahead and give a brief summarization of these different views, and then we'll get a little bit more specific about them. The all-millennial view says that this reign of Christ is spiritual, that there's not an earthly reign. That's what's called all-millennial, that there's not a, a, a literal millennial reign. It is a heavenly reign. An all-millennialist would say that this chapter is speaking about the spiritual victory that we have over Satan, that whenever we die and we go to heaven, we enter into that millennial reign. So at the work of the cross in Jesus's death and resurrection, he gave us access to the kingdom of heaven, which is the millennial reign of Christ, Revelation chapter 20. It's also important to note that an all-millennialist, whenever they read the book of Revelation, they don't read it and interpret it literally. They see it mostly figuratively. It's kind of this story of the battle of good and evil. You read about the dragon, you read about Babylon, you read about all these different things that Revelation speaks of. It's speaking more symbolically to the, what's going on spiritually. And so that's an all-millennialist. A strength of this view is the focus on the spiritual victory that we have in Christ right now over sin and Satan. We enter into the fullness of the millennium whenever we die and go to heaven. They believe that the events of Revelation that are not figurative, but they are speaking to an actual event, all happen in the past. There are some similarities between amillennialism and postmillennialism. Both of them would say that the millennium technically happens before Christ returns to the earth. Where they would differ is that an amillennialist would say that the millennial reign of Christ is spiritual and going on in heaven, and then Christ is going to return and make all things new, new heaven, new earth. A post-millennialist would say that the millennium is before Christ returns, so that's why it's called post-millennium, talking in regards to the return of Christ, that his return is at the end of the millennium. But instead of like an all-millennialist saying that it's spiritual, it's happening in heaven, a post-millennialist would say that it is literal in respect that it is actually going to manifest on the earth, but it's not a literal 1,000 years. So where, when the Bible says a thousand years, they see it more like an age. There's a non-specific amount of time that Satan is bound and the whole world is Christianized. 
whenever the whole world is Christianized and we enter into that glorious state of the millennial reign of Christ, then after that, Christ will return. Both put the return of Christ after the millennium. One, though, an all-millennialist, it's spiritual and in heaven. A post-millennialist would say it does manifest on earth through the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. As, the, as Christians go out and they fulfill the Great Commission, we are going to see the fruit of the gospel in fullness every arena of the world. There will be no more wars. There will be no more famines, no more sickness. The whole world is going to be changed by the power of the gospel. And then at that point, Christ returns. They both believe Christ is coming, but what the world's going to look like. An all-millennialist doesn't believe that the world is going to be Christianized. They believe that there will be you know, persecution of the church, and, and there will always be an apostate group of people who, are, who, are, who, don't, who reject the gospel. But whenever Christ returns, he is going to destroy the wicked, and he's going to make all things new, uh, new heaven, new earth, and that those who are in the millennial kingdom will enter into eternity whenever Christ returns. A post-millennialist see very generationally and saying that it may be you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years where Christians are going forth over a long period of time. Christians have spread the kingdom of heaven through every arena of the world and enter into the millennial reign of Christ. And whenever Christ reigns through his church, He's going to return to a world that is fully Christianized and is walking in the fullness and the manifestation on the earth of the millennial reign. And that's what's called a post-millennialist. So all millennialist, there's not a literal earthly reign of Christ, but it is spiritual in the hearts of, the, of Christians and in heaven. A post-millennialist will say there is a literal reign of Christ, but it's not a literal 1,000 years but it's an age where the whole world is Christianized and the fruit of the gospel has been produced in every arena. Postmillennialism and amillennialism would agree that all the last day prophecies that Jesus spoke about, Matthew chapter 24, some of the prophecies of Revelation, that they're already past, that they're not future tense, that they've already happened in human history. Whenever you read about Nero, the, emperor, the Roman emperor Nero, and the destruction of the Jewish temple, they would categorize these prophecies of the last day, saying that, that that's already happened, that they're in our past, but whenever they, it was written, whenever Jesus spoke about it, he was speaking from something that's going to happen in his future, but as we read the Bible, it happened in our past. A difference between amillennialism and postmillennialism is the view of the ages. Now, you may not understand what I mean by that, but the Bible talks about an age and then an age to come. A post-millennialist would say that the current age that we're in is the millennial age. It's the new age. It's the church age. And the old age was the Judaic system with ancient Israel. The, the Ten Commandments, the law, the old covenant, that's the old age. And the new covenant is the new age, that we have replaced Israel and we are now a part of the New Age. That's kind of the way they describe the different ages that the Bible talks about. There's an Old Age and a New Age. We're in the New Age now. Now, whenever Jesus ascended into the heavens, and then for another 40 years after that, at the destruction of the Jewish temple in uh, 70 AD, that there was an overlap of the ages for about a period of 40 years 
and that was a transfer from the old age into the new age. We are now part of the next age that enters into the millennial kingdom. An amillennialist and a premillennialist would say the current age is the old age. It's the age of the earth and the state of the earth now. And the new age is whenever Christ returns with the new heaven and the new earth. So there are some similarities between amillennialism and postmillennialism. And there are some similarities between amillennialism and premillennialism. And there are some similarities between postmillennialism and premillennialism. Don't get too uh, confused by all the different isms, all the isms out there. <laughs> uh, again, for the sake of clarity, amillennialism, there's not a literal earthly reign of Christ, but it's spiritual and in heaven. The prophecies of last days in scripture have already taken place except for Christ's return. A postmillennialist would agree that the prophecies that Jesus talked about that would happen before he comes back, those are all past with you know, the destruction of the temple uh, in 70 AD, Christ is going to return after the millennium. But the millennium, Revelation chapter 20, it is a literal reign on earth that Christ reigns the earth through his body. But it, it's not a literal 1,000 years. A post-millennialist would say that the whole world is going to be changed by the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit into this millennial age. And then when the whole world is Christianized, uh, then Christ will return. They would also say that Satan is bound right now and that we're going from glory to glory, not just spiritually and as individuals or churches, but the whole world is going from glory to glory to glory as we await the return of Christ. Premillennial eschatology is the view that interprets the last day scriptures and the prophecies in a very literal way, and are also futuristic, that they're going to happen right before Christ comes back. So this millennial reign of Christ doesn't happen until after Christ returns, that when Christ returns, he's going to establish the 1,000-year reign on earth. Whenever they read Matthew 24, a premillennialist will say these things are literally going to happen. The famines, the earthquakes, the wars, all those things are going to happen before he returns. The seals, the trumpets, the bowls of wrath, those things are literally going to happen. They're not just symbolic and figurative. Now, there are two different approaches to premillennialism. There is what's called dispensational premillennialism and what is called historic premillennialism. You may have heard it this way, a pre-tribulation rapture and a post-tribulation rapture. Premillennialists believe that there is a literal tribulation in the last days before Christ returns. A dispensational premillennialist would say that Jesus is going to rapture the church before the tribulation. So the trumpet's going to sound, the church is going to be raptured, and then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation. And then after that tribulation, Jesus is going to come back to the earth and then establish the millennial reign. The other premillennial view is what's called historic premillennialism. Historic premillennialism is the view that teaches that there will be a literal tribulation, but the church is here during the tribulation. And then Christ is going to return, and at his return, he's going to rapture his church and save from the bowls of wrath that are going to be poured out at his return. The differences between these two views are are the placement of the rapture. 
They both believe in a rapture, but dispensational premillennialism or pre-tribulation rapture believes that there's going to be a, a rapture before the tribulation and historic premillennialism believes that there's going to be a rapture after the tribulation. The reason why one is called historic premillennialism is because that view is actually what was historically accepted in the premillennial view the church would be here during the tribulation. Historically, that's what was accepted. Dispensational premillennialism is actually a fairly new teaching in the church. Uh, classical dispensationalism didn't come about until the 1800s. Between 1850 and 1950s is whenever that pre-tribulation rapture started to become very famous in the church. Up until the late 1800s, a premillennial view accepted among the church would be a post-tribulation rapture. So the major difference between historic premillennialism and dispensational premillennialism is where it places the rapture. They both agree that the return of Christ happens before the millennial reign, and the millennial reign is the literal 1,000-year reign on earth. But a dispensationalist would say that Christ raptures his church and then tribulation begins and then he returns with his church and establishes the millennial reign. Historic premillennialism that is traditionally accepted in the church, the church is in the tribulation and when he returns, he raptures his church. Then he establishes the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom being a thousand years where Satan is bound. And during that thousand year, that literal 1,000 year reign, he sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem and he fulfills the promises to Israel and he redeems all the earth. And at the end of that thousand year reign, Satan is destroyed by the Father, cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. And after that thousand year reign, we begin eternity with the new heaven and the new earth. That's a brief description of those three. I hope I didn't muddy the waters more for you. I encourage you to go and do a quick study on these different viewpoints. Again, the church agrees that Jesus is coming back. And here's another thing to think about. We think sometimes of eternity as, well, whenever we die, we enter into eternity and we're in this like ghostly, far-off dimension, and that's what all eternity is going to be like. And in reality, the Bible doesn't teach that. Whenever we die, we are present with the Lord. So we are, our spirit is with God. Our bodies are in the ground. But when Christ returns, he's going to actually resurrect our bodies and give us a new body, give us a heavenly body, and we are going to dwell with Christ in a resurrected body. We're not going to be like ghosts walking around. Jesus even ate whenever he was in his resurrected body. He could touch things in his resurrected body. Our resurrected body is going to be different, but it's still going to be a body. We're going to enjoy food. We're going to enjoy life. We're going to have abundant life. It'll be like the Garden of Eden, but with a resurrected and heavenly body not made from the dust. And we're not going to be living in eternity on a cloud as a ghost. We're going to have actual bodies. And we can all agree on that. Whether you're a premillennialist, postmillennialist, amillennialist, when Christ returns, he's going to resurrect our bodies, redeem our bodies, redeem the earth, and we're going to be walking in a glorious eternity with Christ. There will be no more death. There will be no more sickness or pain or sorrow. It's going to be awesome. 
We all agree on that. But while we're here, we're still left with a question, what does the Bible teach? Does the Bible teach postmillennialism? Does it teach premillennialism? Does it teach amillennialism? And the point is there are passages that obviously God-fearing, intelligent people come to a conclusion that they think, well, we I think the Bible teaches postmillennialism, or I think the Bible teaches amillennialism. I think the Bible teaches premillennialism. What I want to do in these following episodes is we're going to go through the New Testament. We're going to see what the Bible says. And although I honor and respect the different views, they cannot all be right. It is my personal belief, and I, I don't make anybody hold to this belief, but it's my personal belief that the Bible makes it pretty simple for us. The Bible lays it out pretty clearly for us. And if we would start with what Jesus said, listen to what his apostle said, go into the book of Revelation, I think it's self-explanatory. The Bible speaks pretty clearly on the last days. And it's something that we need to study and have an understanding of. So in the following episodes, we're going to walk through and do an in-depth study of what the Bible has to say. I'll go ahead and wrap up by letting you know where we stand as a church, as a church body, as church leadership. We believe in a premillennial view of eschatology. We believe in a literal thousand-year reign. We believe that Christ is going to return and establish the millennial reign. And so that, that, that's where we are. That's what we believe is more scripturally accurate. And so these next coming episodes that we're going to be getting into, uh, we're going to be teaching eschatology from a premillennial view. Be sure to join me next week as we finally open the Bible and we see what Jesus has to say about his return. And remember, the return of Jesus is a part of the gospel. And we need a biblical understanding of the gospel message. If we're confused about his return, then we're confused about the gospel. The gospel message is Christ came to the earth, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, bore our transgressions, our iniquities, the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. He resurrected from the grave. He ascended to the Father and he's coming back. And we need to have an understanding of of what that looks like. To say that we don't need to understand the details of Christ's return is like saying we don't need to know the details of his death. We're given the details because they're important. <laughs> the details of Christ's return are also important. And if you remember from last week's episode, Jesus himself gave us a very clear message that I want you to understand these things that I am telling you. And that message is still for us today. So join me as we open the word together and we gain revelation of Christ's return, the glorious return of Jesus Christ. I love you. God bless. Have a great week.